You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. So we're already going to have to change our promo from 600 cars to 800 cars. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Steve. Good, Good morning, morning, Ethan. 800 cars. 800 cars on, cars on consignment. That seems like a lot. <laughs> Isn't that a reflection of the market or the wet, or the, just this time of the year? You put Ta- it, it, it's a couple of different things. It's a reflection of the market, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the time of year, you know, fall is when people start. The car shows are winding down. We just had one of our last car shows here last weekend. Today being uh, uh, Saturday, October the twenty second. Um, we had our last weekend. We had the. Uh, 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 Pastor Weed's car show here, mm-hmm. and that's probably one of the last ones that'll be here. There might be a couple of smaller ones that are coming up here over the next months or so, but uh, pretty much that's it for the car show. Yeah. So people are thinking, you know what? Now's a good time to sell. And in the old days, you couldn't sell a car in the wintertime, mm-hmm. a classic car. Right. People were before, not interested. Before yeah. internet. Yeah. yeah. But now, you know, a guy in Arizona doesn't care what it's, mm-hmm. if it's misty and cold and dreary in Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is not. Right. It's a beautiful day today. A little bit chilly, but I saw, I saw, I was just telling you this. I saw this guy had run out of gas at the bottom of this hill, had to walk all the way up this hill to get gas, and he got it in like a paper cup. <laughs> it must have been like less than a pint. And he's walking back down, and you can tell, and it was hot the day that I saw Oh, really? It. And you're thinking, this poor guy. I mean, is the fuel, is it even going to pick up that much gas if you pour it into the tank? Or maybe just pour it directly in the carburetor right, and go right. really quick. <laughs> Of course, no cars have carburetors anymore, but, uh, but, uh. There's no way to pull, pour it into a fuel injector. Right. Yeah. All. You can't do that at all. Yeah. So. The old days are gone, but, uh. The good old days? Is that what you said? Yeah. The good old uh, days. <laughs> what is a cup of, uh. A cup of gas costs these days. I mean, well, let's see if it's oh, we were figuring that out. four dollars a gallon, and there's eight pint is like a pint. So he probably had change in his car. I'm like, oh, crap. nineteen cents. Because those those little tank, those little uh, gas containers, you yeah, know, yeah, gas cans. Yeah, are, they're not cheap. No, they're not, and they're all regulated. And oh, those be, don't even get. We can do a whole show on those those spouts. <laughs> have you seen the ones that uh, that you can buy the racing fuel ones with the long? We have those. The long. Oh, the VPs. Rubber, yeah, the VPs. The VPs. Yeah. How do they even get away with selling those? Um, I don't know. Maybe they're just under the radar. I don't know. Could be. Something we should check into. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks to the uh, Pat Travers Band for our theme song. They're out on tour right now. Got a new album out. And uh, I haven't heard it yet, but I think I should get it and listen to it so I'll be educated. Right. About there it. might be a good uh, bumper music in there we could change. Is, is that radio talk? I don't know what that means. <laughs> we get new, new music to start the show. Bumper talk. Yeah, bumper, whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, where did we sell cars the past two weeks? Because we didn't do a show last right. week. Because I was in. Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Man, great town. Yeah. Absolutely great town. The old Gilman Grill right across the street from the hotel. Uh, the bar at the Westin is like, it's like the hub of this whole event. Really? And it's great. And you just meet so many people down there. I met uh, Chip Foos, uh, the hot rod builder. Nice. He's agreed to be on the show. Uh, and when I say these people have agreed to be on the show, they're probably just saying it to get rid of me. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll do your show. Give me your card. I'll call yeah. you. I'm never going to call Another you. Another beer. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on his tab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
but I met Chip Foose. I nice. ran into Keith Martin, the publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine. Oh, wow. Uh, he's agreed to be on the show. Uh, talked to Ray Evernham, who has been on the show, uh, visited with him. And, you know, he bought that um, uh, IROC car from us. Right. And he's looking for more. So nice. I said, well, we don't get many, but if we do, we'll – Certainly let you know, but, uh, had a nice visit with him and, uh, and, and Chattanooga is a really cool event. It's got the historic races. It's got the Mecham auction. It's got a Concord de Lemons. Uh, it's got a Concord de Elegance. It's got a V8s in the park. Um, and it's got a, a, a rally. Mm-hmm. And so all these events go on. And then they have a display of Ferraris out in front that are unbelievable. I saw that. That's, somebody loaded a video of that on TikTok or something. <laughs> I met a guy. He's got a 250 GT short wheelbase Ferrari in 1960. Mm-hmm. We got to talking and was like, no, what are you doing? He was, oh, I'm my family founded Target. <laughs> oh, really? Is that it? So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can afford a Ferrari, right? Which is probably a eight or ten, I don't know, million twelve million dollar car. Sure, you know, sure. but you know, some of these guys. I say, I, let me rephrase that. All of the guys that we met that were these high net worth individuals that had these Ferraris, the nicest guys you ever met would talk to you, would spend time telling you about the car, about the history of it, about, you know, how they got in the hot, you know, just, just very gracious with their time because normally guys like that, you'd have a hard time getting a hold of. Mm-hmm. You couldn't call them on the phone and say, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about cars. <laughs> no, I'm busy. I'm at work. I'm, you know, right, right. There was one mogul car there from a, a big, uh, Anyway, his car was there, but the, right. but he wasn't there. You know. So. Well, J W Marriott. Oh, Marriott. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's he it. had two cars. Thank there. you. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, here I am. I was there. <laughs> I wasn't I, there. I, at least I should know. And so <laughs> I got to park our big old dually truck out front for a while, nice. and then um, it was like, ah, oh, there's some, some Ferrari, and there was two F fifty, no, two 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 eighty eight GTOs, an mm. F fifty, uh, an F forty. Um, what else was there? An Enzo, mm-hmm. uh, which had an really odd exhaust sound to it. Did it? it was yeah it didn't it didn't sound Ferrari esque. It sounded odd. And I don't know if it was because it was on some hybrid no, it's not a hybrid. And so I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was just different. It didn't sound like a Ferrari, but man, some of those firing up. I mean those little two fifty GT short wheelbase oh my God. Nothing those like things it. are really amazing music. cars. Yeah, it really is like music. And they had a nice turnout. The weather was really, really good. Um, the track had a good turnout. They're, they're still sorting through some things at the track. It, it probably needs a good paving and it needs some, uh, different kind of barricades, but they're figuring it out as they go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's their third year and they got interrupted by the pandemic and, uh, they're putting on a great show down there and Mecham had a great sale. And of course, you know, we're talking to the dealers and all the classic car dealers are all buying like crazy. And you think, well, the market's a little bit slow right now. Of course, they're buying because when the market turns, they don't want to be left with, you know, sitting on their hands. Right. And that's another reason I think that our consignments have picked up so much. I mean, we did 134 last month. We've consigned almost a hundred this month with another mm-hmm. eight or nine days to go. Um, the market is strong for that, but. Possibly it's because people are maybe a little bit uh, anxious about the economy and what's going on in Russia and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into any of that. Right. But, but uh, and it could be that. And then, of course, inflation and prices. And, you know, the grocery store is not a cheap place to go anymore. Unbelievable. I paid $5 <laughs> for 18 eggs yesterday. <laughs> you can get 18 eggs? You know, you know yeah. my kids eat a, lot, eat a lot of eggs. The dogs eat eggs. The and dogs I, but, eat But I rang eggs. it up. I didn't look at the price on the, on right. the shelf. But when I rang it up, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Well, now, but are you one of those people that had? you looked at the price, you would have said no. No, to I need eggs. <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever it costs. <laughs> Damn the torpedoes. Five dollars. <laughs> well, get a, a rasher of bacon. 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's a word you don't ever Rasher? Read. That's, I think that was like a, uh, depression a unit unit? of, yeah, measurement wow. for bacon. Maybe three pieces. I don't know. Somebody look at that. Well, Ethan had, he was telling me he made a spam, uh, omelet the other day or a something. A spam omelet. Really? Man, that's like. That's where we're going. Uh, we were. We're going to be Venezuela. We're going to be eating spam. <laughs> we were poor. We ate Kool-Aid and, and hard boiled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> had lots of When beef. eggs were cheap. When mean. cheap, yes. Right. When you could go down to the hen house and get a few eggs. Eggs are a delicacy all of a sudden. We had the egg man in uh, Missouri who would bring us the best eggs you really? ever had. Yeah. He was uh, great. We called him the egg man. We had no idea what his name was. So, but, uh, what you say? Where did, yeah, where did, where did you go to? Where did they sell for the last ah, two weeks? Where, yeah, two weeks. Where did we sell? Well, how about Galesville, Wisconsin, Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania, Montgomery, Texas, Babylon, New York, Middleburg Heights, Ohio. Ohio, Toledo, Ohio, Ambler, Pennsylvania, Alamo, North Dakota. That's a first. I don't think we've ever sold one to North mm-hmm. Dakota. Lidditz, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Milton, Delaware, Malvern, Pennsylvania, Douglasville, Pennsylvania, Wheaton, Illinois, Old Tappan, New Jersey, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Royersford, Pennsylvania, Easton, Pennsylvania, Shillington, Pennsylvania, Aston, Pennsylvania, Deland, Florida, Santiago, Chile. Wow. So, um, yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit slower, but it seems to be just in the past couple of days. Literally, that it's been picking up. Uh, so ten you know, states and two countries. Ten states, two countries. Wow. Hey, aren't we? Uh, I think it did North Dakota. North Dakota a couple of weeks ago was the first. Or South, that was South Dakota. I think it was South Dakota. I know that we'd never sold one to either. Okay, very and, cool. And uh, and so that's you know it's it'll go in our map out there Amazing. if I ever get back to the thumbtacks that I put in the map showing everywhere we right, sold the car right. to. Yeah. I stopped that about eighteen hundred cars ago. There's probably you could probably do it digitally. I don't want to do it digitally. Okay. I like I like analog when it comes to that. <laughs> Although I'm afraid that, you know, pushing in that many thumbtacks, mm-hmm. one of the plastic caps is going to break and it's going to jam that thing right through my finger. Yeah, or the building is going to fall down. <laughs> my partner's, in the wall. No, my partner said that, yeah, he said that wall is just going to all of a sudden cave in from all the... Somebody said, why don't you do the 8 by 10 pictures you used to do of every mm-hmm. car sold? I said, well, when I got to about 900 on the wall, I was like, well, this is ridiculous. I'm spending more time... It's a lot. I'm spending more time putting pictures on the wall than I am anything else. So the average age... Of a new car is the oldest it's ever been, 12.2 years. Is that right? Or not new car, but car on the road. Mm-hmm. And you remember it wasn't that long ago that 12 years was beyond a death sentence oh, yes, for yeah. a car. Right. And 80,000 miles was all it was going to get. And, you, well, that may not have been true because everybody's rolling back the odometer. So maybe yeah, they true. had 180. It was easier to roll back it, yeah, odometers yeah. on older cars. There were some that you could actually drive backwards. And I <laughs> argue with people about that. Really? My dad had a 77 Cadillac, and my buddy and I snuck it out. Well, no, he told me we could. Put, I could put 25 miles on it. And so we had put more than 25 miles on right. it. Imagine that. So we drove backwards all through the neighborhood, and it went, it went it, backwards. It went backwards. Isn't that a Ferris Bueller thing? Was that in the movie? Where you're yeah. driving the Ferrari yeah, backwards? Yeah, and it didn't move or something, right? It didn't It didn't go backwards. They or fell it, off the... Well, it did, but they put it on blocks to begin right, with. And right, then right. they realized that it didn't take any mileage off, so they were going to be screwed no matter what. Right. So, uh, but then they kicked it, and it it went off the jack and <laughs> into the thing. And, right. And we'll talk about another movie that... I've made this my new thing that we're going to do every week, and we're going to talk about a car movie. And, okay. Uh, we had talked about Gone in 66 Seconds, the original one back in the day, and then we talked about uh, uh, Smoking the Bandit. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk about Bullet when we get okay. to that section, So, which is as iconic of a car chase movie as and there is. Does so. anybody remember the – we'll talk about it, but I don't, I don't think anybody remembers the plot of that movie. I, just I can the, tell you the plot. Car chase. Okay, good, because I don't – you, know you know what Steve McQueen's name was in the movie? <clears throat> no. Frank Bullet. <laughs> two L's, two T's. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. you know, that's not nothing. I got a wealth of knowledge up here in this brain, Steve. 
So uh, anyway, uh, some of the new inventory we got, and we were just talking about this uh, 57 Chevy Bel Air two-door hardtop. Larkspur blue over blue and black. Frame off restored. It's got a 383 stroker, mm-hmm. so it's got a lot of power. Dual quad uh, Edelbrock carbs. Um, it's got uh, it's the final year for the Tri Five, so it's, the Tri Five Chevys were the 55, 56, and 57 uh, uh, Bel Airs and and two tens and we got them all here. One fifties, beautiful and cars, that. and then fifty eight uh, Chevrolet uh, uh, Impala was a one year only body. Style. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and then fifty nine was the the smaller finned one as they were getting away from quite the radical fins that they had had in the past. But uh, beautiful car. Um, you know, and uh, three-speed automatic in the 383 stroker in the car is, yes, it's in the purest will cringe, but sure it makes it a nice driving car and a reliable car. And Not that the 283 that would have come with it was not reliable, but modern power is always modern power, you know. Mm-hmm. And modern electronics is always, you know, just better. It's just because the technology got better as they went and they can right. make it last longer and uh, so on and so forth. So, um, uh, we also got a 64 Impala SS, the white one. Did you see that one? Yeah, we featured it with Alyssa. Oh yeah. Oh, on YouTube. Great. Yeah, on YouTube. It's uh, white over blue. It's an original car, garaged its entire life. 409, uh, with a Rochester four barrel, original interior, 34,000 original miles. Oh. It's crazy. It's, you know, again, if I, it always comes down to time, money, and and space, (laughs) right? Space, time, and money. So, you know, beautiful. One of those things that, that we see so many of them that we like, uh, that come through the door that you say, oh, I could keep that one. I could keep that. It's difficult to work here. It is very difficult. It's like send your wife to the dress shop. (laughs) I use that analogy all the time. She comes home with no paycheck, (laughs) but she's got new dresses. Hey, look at this new dress, honey. Well, where's your paycheck? When we return, we'll talk more things in AIN automotively. Uh, we'll be back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast in just a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with a classic Audible podcast. Live from Morgantown, Pennsylvania. A year. We've been doing this for a year. Uh, over a year. Yeah. God, it feels like 10. Does it? <laughs> Jesus. Every day feels new. I don't know what you're talking about. If I could just get the guest on, I'm, I'm having, to, I'm having a hard time figuring that out. I'm going to have to throw that into your lap because yeah. it's, I get all these guys agree to do it and then they're like, uh, I got, you know, I don't know if there's a way to push them or, or, and if you book them too far out, then you just find out that they can't make it because they didn't realize that their daughter was graduating that right. day or, you know, their son was getting married or whatever. Well, uh, for, for somebody who's like a name and we really want them, you do it 
according to their schedule. Right. If right. you can, if yeah. you can. I yeah. think that's probably the key to it. Tuesday at, you know, midnight. It's not like we're, we're recording these live. Right. I mean, we're recording them live. We're a live. We're a live. Uh, but we're not, uh, we're not recording them that they're being broadcast at the same moment that we're recording. Right. Them. So. So there's that. That Impala, we were talking about that 64 Impala SS. It was a respray in the 1980s, but man, that thing has held up well. Of course, if you, it's like anything. If you maintain something, mm-hmm. it's going to last longer. Yep. And if you fix the things that are broken when they break, as opposed to when there's 10 or 12 or 15 things broken, I know it. you know how that goes. It, 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 it just adds it, up. It adds up so quickly. Yep. And, you know, we, we've learned in the years of being in business that Anything that's broken needs to be fixed immediately because mm-hmm. then you just the deterioration, whether it's a car or a building or whatever, your house uh, is just it's it's amplified when you mm-hmm. when you don't fix it. Things. I got in my lightning yesterday and freaking turn signals wouldn't work. I mean, <laughs> oh, add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. Turn yeah. signals. Yeah. And you hope it's a fuse. <clears throat> yeah. Probably. But it was not. intermittent. It was working and then it wasn't working. Well, so. those are intermittent, inter- intermittent wipers <laughs> are that way. So can <laughs> they have intermittent? Oh. And it was, you be, you, all right. So let me let's let's get to the root of this cause. Was it going off on off on off? No, on? no. It was I would. <laughs> <laughs> hit the the stalk and it would it would just fly, it would, the light would be solid and then the, at the next intersection I would f- hit the stalk and mm-hmm. it would work and then the next light it would just freeze because I was thinking if it was off on off on off on it was probably working properly <laughs> that's the way yeah. I, I yeah it was, it was clicking <laughs> it was, and it was on and it was off a clicking and noise <laughs> the light was flashing in unison <laughs> with the clicking noise yeah, yeah that may be the way it's supposed to operate uh, I think it, it, you know when a car sits. Especially when it's damp outside, oh, yeah. right? I would just figure that maybe the the connections got damp or something. Sure, it was, sure. It needed to be dried out because I hadn't driven that truck in a long time. Keep, keep telling yourself that. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you take it to the repair shop, and they go, "Uh, the transmission shot." Well, wait a minute, it's just the blinker. Right, right. <laughs> well, that is shot, but that's another story. I used it to pick up. I scored an amazing display case yesterday oh, around the around looking. the corner. Yeah. I didn't go too far. That's going to display all my diecasts that are ah, sitting in. Gr- we were just talking about yep. this last week. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So uh, be careful taking it home because it's glass. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I coasted home basically. Yeah. It's still in the truck. We got to we got to carry it out today. But it's it's seven feet by oh, four my feet. Gosh. With lights, the glass. <laughs> it's it's so awesome. Mirror back. Ah, oh, can't yeah. wait. So you're you're just pushing harder and harder for a divorce, right? <laughs> Did we had a little bit of a little row over that, a little bit yeah. of heat, a little heat about where this that, where, display oh. case was going to go. I'll never forget. I had a Mercedes Benz steering wheel on my right. wall. Yeah, and and my wife, my soon to be wife at the time, said that is not, <laughs> that is no way coming here, no how. I think it'd be perfect in the living room, of but she would. doesn't agree because you can look at it every day. That's so. right. I bought some cool artwork at Hershey. I bought mm-hmm. a, oh. a Rene Dreyfus uh, a Bugatti winning, uh, 1930 Bugatti winning at Monaco, and he actually signed it and wrote it to uh, the people that had owned it before. Mm-hmm. And then a, another a Jim Clark Lotus picture that's really cool. Because mm-hmm. um, you know the days of the posters with the thumbtacks is right. uh, I need to get past. I, I am exactly a, you know, sixty years. Right. <laughs> I, the only thing I lack is wall space. I have great posters and lithographs mm-hmm. rolled up or stored, and right. I just don't have the space for it. I lost a lot of that in a divorce. <laughs> what wall space? No, well, that too. <laughs> wall space and posters and pictures and prints and uh, garage sale where I found out later that she was selling, you know, 
thousand dollar prints for five bucks. Oh, no. You know, yeah. So well, that's like the story with the, you know, the guy they get divorced and the wife sells the Ferrari for you know two hundred dollars. Yeah. First one, first, you know, first come, first serve. You just want to get rid of it. Yeah, just want it gone. That's so it's a way to score a car cheap. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think that's like you know. One in a, a yeah. zillion. It's hard to find. And I don't, don't imagine it happens much anymore because people are a little more educated about the price of cars. Right. I mean, you know, that's the problem that we've talked about many, many times in the past is the problem with, um, you know, when you, with your estate, if you don't, or if you're not specific about it, what it's worth and realistic, don't be, you know, don't, don't say what a Hemi Daytona was 10 years ago. Say what it's really worth right. today and update it on a regular basis because don't leave people to guess what your cars are worth when you're gone. You know, that's, it's not mm-hmm. fair to to your heirs and in-laws and whoever that may be, your children or whoever you may uh, bequeath all your worldly possessions to. But, um, you know, don't make it a mystery. And don't don't put a false price that's too high and don't mm-hmm. put too low either. Don't You know, they may think that something's worth $20,000 and it could be worth $200,000. Yeah. So. In my capacity as a car specialist here at right. Classic, I'm tied into the estate attorneys in my area. Right. I think that's a good service to sure. offer them is like – what do I do with this collection or this car? That and I, that question comes up all the time. And what's the value? Yeah. And and, uh, and I'm I'm happy to help people navigate that. Yeah. And if you're if you're interested in that, uh, reach out to us. If you've got somebody, if you've got an estate or you've got cars in the garage that have been there for a while, it's time for them finally to go. You know, it's an emotional thing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we talk about this all the time. Sure. They're part of the family. I mean, if you've had a car, if you've had a 57 Chevy in your family for the last 35 years, it's an integral part of you and who you are. You know, it's one of those things that uh, um, people don't realize that it's like the family pet or the family heirloom or something like that. So, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine to some people that a car can become part of the family, but it's easy for me to get that. Absolutely. Because, you know, you remember a fond memory of going with dad to get ice cream or, you know, cruising on to the, to the parade. You did the... You you know, veterans parade mm-hmm. and, and uh, all those different things that happen with the cars and and you know and then when they were just car cars um, going to the hospital to have a baby going to you know wherever you know, first date uh, the prom holds memories the yeah there's lots of memories with these things so anyway I'm woefully behind on getting through the new inventory <laughs> got another Bel Air or another Chevy um, uh, or sixty one uh, Bel Air Sport Coupe it's tuxedo black over gray and ivory. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got a Power Pack 283, uh, original interior. The paint is nice, and it's just you know really a neat car. It's got the, that Power Pack option was the four barrel carb and the dual exhaust. Uh, and then I think it's done, had a, a few little uh, upgrades to it as well too. But uh, really a, an amazing car, and, and very iconic looking, especially in the black. It's mm-hmm. really a great color for those. So, uh, and then we got a. A 34 Ford Model 40 Deluxe Roadster. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. It, to the, to the, to the normal eye, anybody that would look at that say, well, it looks just like any other, you know, Mm -hmm. Model A-ish car. Um, you know, it's not a Model A in 34. It's a Model C or B or 40, as they called it here. Um, and Model Bs were actually 32s, which people are mistakenly call Model As. Okay. Um, but anyway, this thing is Coach Maroon over 10. It's got known history from new, one of 125 left in existence, believed to be. And uh, it's got the 221 cubic inch V8. Uh, it's beautiful paint. And it's got Aurora and Vermilion accenting. 
I don't even know what that means. Do you know what that means? Aurora? I don't know what Aurora is. <laughs> Vermilion is a red. Yeah, it's kind of a reddish. Got that. I don't know what Aurora is. It must be a color. But, yep. uh, uh, but man, oh, man, it was purchased new in 1935 from hmm. the Burke Motor Company in Morgan Morganton, North Carolina. For the princely sum of five hundred twelve dollars, wow. that's some uh, appreciation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might have gone up a little bit in value. Mm. I mean, arguably, these things are worth well north of a hundred thousand mm. dollars at some point in time. Now, I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, if you want one, there's none on the market. So, you know, that does change the dynamic of the relationship right. because we say there's rare and then there's desirable, and if it's both, ooh, then you really got something. But uh, you know, we keep. We talk about this almost to the point to a fault about the Model A market is still strong as it can mm-hmm. be. We still sell a lot of Model A's. Yeah. And they don't – and you think, well, why is that? And I think it's a nostalgia thing for – especially for the younger generation. And I won't use the M word because I don't even know if that's even apt. Um, you know, millennials or whatever you want to call them. But uh, the younger generation, they're intrigued by things that aren't complicated. You know, things that the good old days when you could, there are so many features on your car that you think, I don't need all this. Right. <laughs> I, I will say that I, I had an opportunity to drive this car in Hershey right. to move it. And right. it, it is complicated to start yeah. compared to the modern day car where you can get in, you don't have to touch anything, push a button and it, yeah, just and it goes. There's a lot lot going on with uh, starting. Thank God Ernie was there <laughs> to coach me through it. Ernie, our our uh, our hero. We love Ernie. <laughs> Ernie's got some great stories. Ernie's one of our car specialists. And uh the stories that he could tell. The next time you run into Ernie at a car show, ask him the story about the president. Oh, right. That's all I'm going to say. That's a good one. That's a really good story. Yep. So uh, anyway, this thing is really amazing. Uh, it was restored by the president of Piedmont Airlines in the 1980s. Hmm. Piedmont was a North Carolina-based air carrier, kind of a regional company. We flew a lot. I think the Piedmont's claim to fame was they never had an, a, a, a crash. Okay. So not a bad – That's good. That's, yeah, that's good to that's know. That's a good thing. Although maybe you think, well, they're due, you know. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Because mm. uh, you've never done it doesn't mean that it's that's never right. going to happen, right? But uh, a really wonderful car. And uh, if you get a chance, go on our website, classicautomall.com, and you can see all of our inventory. Right now we have s- almost 800 cars on inventory. You've got to change the intro, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, it is absolutely amazing. We have, well, we have 29 pages uh, 16, 20, 24 of 24 cars. So whatever that adds up to. And there's probably another 60 that are here that aren't online. Right. Yet, right. Uh, that we're in the process of uh, pictures and descriptions and research and, and all of that. And, and a lot of people don't realize, uh, a lot of people do, but, but some people don't realize the amount of time and effort that we spend on these cars to try to understand what, what, what it is, what makes this car tick. Uh, you know, what's its history? What's it do now? What's good about it? What's bad about it? What's ugly about it? Um, you know, let me show you as much as we can show you the underneath side. We put them up on the lift. We, we have the big light that we uh, illuminate them. So mm-hmm. we try to just show and, and do everything. And it just doesn't happen right away. Right. I mean, it is a process. And especially, here's a great example, a 50, a baby bird, 55, 6, or 7 Thunderbird. You got to show it in three configurations with the top down, with the hard top on, with the soft top on. Right. So that's time consuming. You got to take the hard top off. That requires a couple of people unless you have a hoist. And, right. Uh, and so it requires two people to do that. And then you got to go restage the car and photograph it. Then you got to take that off and then you got to put the, the vinyl top up and, 
yada, 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 yada. And it sounds like I'm complaining, but I'm not. But I'm just saying that it does take time uh, to to do the process. And then if the car is a muscle car, then it's time to decode it and determine what it is or what it isn't and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So maybe on segment three I will get through the new inventory. <laughs> Probably not the way I'm rambling today. But anyway, when we return, uh, we'll talk more car stuff, and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, Contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Automobile Podcast from the Classic Automobile Studio. Looks like a new consignment coming in. Beautiful sunny day out here. Fall in Pennsylvania. Fall in Pennsylvania. It's the best. Yes. Except... If you're from Knoxville, Tennessee, because <laughs> the Tennessee Vols, my beloved Tennessee Volunteers, are playing today. Go Vols! Go Vols! They uh, play at noon today. They're playing uh, the Tennessee Martin. So you know, it's not. <laughs> you never know. Uh, after the game last week, I don't know if you saw it. The Tennessee Alabama football game was maybe arguably the greatest football college football game, maybe football game right? ever played. Really, fifty-two to forty-nine. Wow. We won with a field goal on the in the last two seconds of the game. And they then everybody missed f- crowded. Yeah. The, yeah. I saw yeah. That. Yeah. And tore the goalpost down, and there's a great picture of a guy riding it like a stallion, <laughs> the goalpost, you know. And it was on the front page of the news. And, of course, the the, the Southeastern Conference finds you if you allow fans to rush the field. So it's like $100,000. Per and, fan? Yeah. But, no. <laughs> and so the uh, president and chairman, uh, uh, Randy Boyd of uh, the university, said, I don't care. We'll pay it every time. You know, who cares? You know, this is, right. this is a celebration for Absolutely. the ages. We hadn't beat Alabama in 16 years. Okay. So, you know, that's painful. Big deal. Uh, and then we beat Florida this year as well, too. So we've had, we're 6 and 0 right now. Hopefully going to 7 and 0, but we still have Georgia ahead of us. We still have Kentucky, which could be good. We have Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some, uh, uh, some formidable opponents, but to be 6 and 0 is after our last 15 years of below mediocrity, mm-hmm. we'll take it. So. Well, between Pennsylvania and Tennessee, it's a, 
good time for sports. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. The Phillies are uh, Phillies won last uh, night. Won last night, so they're two to one, two games to one. The Eagles are unde- only undefeated team in the NFL. Six and zero. Six and zero. So it's good. Yeah, I mean, I'll take. And my, the Flyers are doing well. And the Flyers are doing well. Yeah, yeah. and we had a Flyer on last. That's week, right, Chris Tyrion. Yep, who was a great guest and did a great thing mm-hmm. for uh, Cars for Casey. So we appreciate Chris and and everything that he does and and the Cars for Casey folks yep. do. It's uh, pretty amazing. So uh, another new inventory. I am still on inventory. Yes. The 70 Plymouth Duster 340. Although it doesn't have a 340 in it anymore. It doesn't. No. Was the proper name of those a 340? Was that like the model name? Was that actually the name? I don't know. They had, they had it written on the side a lot yeah, of the times, right? But I don't know if it was actually in the, in the title, in the title right, of right. the vehicle proper. I'm always very much a stickler about that, about trying to get it right. Yeah, know? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I, so. I, I, I'm leaning towards probably not. Probably not. And we've it added fun. it as years have gone by. Oh, that's a Duster 340 or yeah. that's a, a Charger 383. 383 or right. a 440. Right, right, uh, right. Uh, it was a big thing too. So, uh, this thing's yellow over black it's got a 360 stroke to 408 um mm-hmm. a quick fuel 750 millimeter carb i guess the guy walking with the gas the pint of gas wouldn't want a quick fuel carb because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the fuel goes through it quick, quickly quick fuel <laughs> 750 cfms yeah, you know, yeah. no it's small sucking, carburetor sucking some air and some fuel in right and it's got a uh a nice original interior black vinyl uh it, but it's a restored car it's really cool you look at it it's got it's got eyeball 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 it is a and you sharp know, car. We say that all the time. That's almost as important as anything. Mm-hmm. A bad color can kill a good car. Mm-hmm. Or a bad stance. You know, right. we've all seen the muscle cars that, that sit too high in the back. And I'm not talking about the jacked up duster from the early, you know, mid seventies that guys did on purpose. I'm talking about cars that just, the springs are a little tall mm-hmm. or stiff, uh, from what they be. And they just don't have that right stance. And they're very difficult to sell, even if it's a great car. Right. Even if it's a documented, provenanced mm-hmm. muscle car. I don't know if provenanced with a D on the end of it is right. correct, but, uh, um, your show, man. It's my show. It's, it's absolutely correct. That's right. So <laughs> that's right, daddy. Uh, bring me another biscuit. Um, so, it's uh one of those things that um I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. Um it it, it it's important and and the color and the look and the way the well, we're car talking about that you. like the fair lane out here. Exactly. Who would have guessed that a rusty orange would work on this car but it's perfect. It's absolutely beautiful. And it just looked different when it drove by outside than it does, does than it does under the fluorescent lights, yep. which is that's you know the tricky part of of Selling these cars, especially for, to a guy long distance, is getting the color exactly right. Getting the color to look like what he expects it to look like mm-hmm. when, he, when it shows up at his house. And sometimes that's tricky. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, we always say it's very difficult to show imperfections in paint. We do our best to show orange peel, but it's very, very hard to see. And if you're not familiar with orange peel, it's, it's paint that looks like the skin of an orange, mm-hmm. uh, because it wasn't either prepped properly or, or they, you know, painted it and it was a little too humid or a little bit too dry or. Or it's just General Motors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're hoping to get Mary, uh, Barra on here for this okay. CEO. So, you know, be nice. Yeah, be quiet. Yeah, be quiet. Don't talk. Well, I had an 87 GN and. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. It's a cyclone and. Yeah. The paint quality was, uh, suspect to be the best. And right. as were the, uh, gaps in the hoods and all that, you know. <laughs> you, you know, when you're, when you're deducted a point, 
from a car because it didn't have overspray on the <laughs> uh, the upper radiator hose that, you know, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And they do. They deduct it, you know. On, on right, those, right. When they're getting real particular. It didn't have factory overspray. It didn't have that overspray. Points. You lose a point yeah. or two or whatever. And uh, so that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we're, we're celebrating mediocrity. <laughs> so, right. But uh, anyway, and last but not least, a 61 Chevrolet Corvette Roadster, Roman Red uh, over Ermine White over Red Interior, um, Nut and Bolt Resto, uh, numbers matching 283 V8 with dual quads, uh, same owner for 34 years. Wow. Yeah, you don't see that as much uh, these days as maybe you used to. I mean, people get... They don't get bored, but they're just ready for a change. And some people can only afford one car. And I don't say that disparagingly. I, I say that a lot of people, most people can only afford one toy, if, even that. Um, so you have fun with the car for two or three or four years. And then it's like, okay, now what's next? Mm-hmm. What, what can I, either I'm going to step up and get something a little more expensive than I had because mine's got up in value or... I'm just going to go to something different. I had a Camaro. Now I'm going to go to a Corvette. Now I'm going to go to a Mustang. Now I'm going to go to a whatever. And, of course, as the older we get, our tastes change a little bit, too. Uh, I think that, as much as anything, will dictate right. the market. It's tough, though, because you get emotionally attached to some mm-hmm. cars, too. Like, uh, you know, I have a Typhoon, and it, it's definitely gone up in value, and I right. would love to have a Corvette or something else. But oh, do I want to get rid of the Typhoon? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's well, hard. When you have to make a choice like that, right. and usually the the no choice is the, the path of least resistance. You go, well, all right, I'll deal with it later. Right. And that's what we see a lot of with the states where the cars are in a garage, they're just deteriorating, they're deteriorating, mm-hmm. they're not doing anything, they forget about them, nobody goes out there and checks on them, you don't see them every day. So all of a sudden, uh, you got a car or cars that have sat for, for years and years and years and years and years, and that's a bad, mm-hmm. th- bad thing for cars. Well, I watched this Haggerty Barn Finder right. on YouTube, it's right. a great series. With Tom, what's his name? And uh, Cotter. Cotter, thank you. And uh, <laughs> thank you for filling in the gaps. <laughs> I'm a good guy. The early mornings created in my head. But uh, and so many. They're not hoarders, but man, they they got so many project cars that they just deteriorate. Like yeah, you said. Yeah. I mean, now if you're out in the you know Montana area, mm-hmm. you can leave cars outside. And they yeah. won't rust. I mean, they literally. Uh, mm-hmm. My partner's got cars in a in a field out in Montana, and they are the same condition today that they were 25 years ago. Amazing. They just don't rust. I don't. Parts of Texas that. as well. Right? Yeah. There's parts of yeah. Just such a dry climate, uh, and and not have. I don't know what it is exactly. So. Yeah. There's a nice GTO convertible, sixty-seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's about a sixty-seven burgundy over a black top. Nice. But anyway, um, so we were talking about Chattanooga. The other person that agreed to be on the show is Miss Hurst, Linda Vaughn. Oh, yeah, good for her. Yeah, so she's eighty uh-huh. now well, and still is rocking. Still she'll is, be a great guest. She really is. She's she's funny. She's got that southern drawl. She's seen a lot of stuff. She too. has seen everything. Yep. She knew uh, uh, Mike's father-in-law was Mel Tillis, the country singer, mm-hmm. and she knew Mel and, mm-hmm. and knew that it's a long way. He'd written a song mm-hmm. about NASCAR called "It's a Long Way to Daytona," and Fran, Bill France Senior used to go around with one of those. Tape recorder deck, you know, the, oh, yeah. those rectangular looking right, things right. that were big and thick and yeah. playing that song for anybody who would listen. He just wore it around his neck cool. like a chain, which only weighed like 18 pounds. Or right. <laughs> but she knew Mel and, and, uh, and all that and had some great stories about NASCAR days and back in the old days. And she would be a great guest. She would be one that I think you could just say hello. And then she would just keep talking for 
Tell hours. us about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, so we hope to get all these people on that we've talked to and that have agreed to be on. And I'm not trying to guilt them or anything, but you know, come on. <laughs> I mean, she did a, a Turbo Buick event. Oh God, twelve years ago, maybe. Yeah. At Dennis Kerbin's place in in Bucks County, and. You know, so I can't imagine why she wouldn't come to Morgantown. No, no, no. She, she loves, I mean, she loves the idea of it, or we'll do it on Zoom yeah, or do exactly. it over the phone or whatever. We have modern technology too right. these days. We're very, very, She doesn't have a private jet? Yeah. <laughs> We're very high tech. <laughs> With Hearst Olds. Yeah, on Hearst the side? Olds on the side. Yeah. I mean, the Hearst shifter girl, man, that was, I mean, iconic stuff of dreams when uh, you were a boy. 100%. You know? Yeah. No question about it. Plus, plus Hearst was just a really cool company. They did all the things right. They right. did things that, that you think, that's what I would do if I had a company. Mm-hmm. I would Take a four, I'd take an Oldsmobile Cutlass and turn it into something really cool. I would take, uh, you know, whatever. And they did not, not only just Cutlasses, they did, uh, mm-hmm. some, I think, Toronados and, uh, some other things that they did at some trucks. Oh, so and, and the big car, the, uh, the Chrysler, the, yeah, that thing. Uh, the 300 or whatever they did. Big huge car, Hearst mm-hmm. old yeah. edition. Uh, and then some, you know, some pace car stuff and mm-hmm. all that. So, and they had, you know, my favorite automatic shifter, the his and hers, which we talked about, uh, our That's favorite right. shifters the other day. Yep. And um, so, you know, it's one of those things that uh, um, they were very uh, a very iconic company. I, I don't I imagine today uh, how many people are buying aftermarket shifters as much as. Right. Is her still as big of a powerhouse as it I was? Don't, I don't know. Or hooker headers yeah. or. Not not for uh, I mean, back when we were. Mm-hmm. Kids, it was the F bodies, and you yeah. definitely put a B and M in there, mm-hmm. or a, yep. or a Hearst, and always. I mean, always. It was always an upgrade. Right. Now, I'm not so sure. I don't know. And you know, like with the engine parts, you know, so many people buy these crate motors that are already done, the ZZ3s, right. and the, you know, LT1, whatever. And so, all these motors that are bought, you really don't have to do anything. It's just motor in a box. You don't have to assemble it or tolerances or worry about anything. You just buy it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it matches the motor mounts and <laughs> slap it in, yep. hook up the tranny and put some inject, some kind of power plant. And the new thing, I guess, is that, uh, that Holly fuel injection that they've got. Right. It's really it looks cool. like a carburetor. It looks like a carburetor yep. and uh, acts like a fuel. That's injection. probably the number one upgrade, I think, for, uh, I would imagine so. And maybe, uh, probably. And then the other thing would be like vintage air is a huge, huge upgrade. And then braking. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of upgrades on even cars that are all original cars. We're seeing a lot of them upgraded to disc brakes because it's important. I mean, you know, stopping is a big thing, and especially with these cars because they were so heavy. Yeah. You know, today's cars are lighter and, and a little bit more um, uh, agile. Mm-hmm. Nimble. Uh, nimble. Mm-hmm. And these things were, you know, big boats that very hard to turn quickly, very hard to stop quickly, very hard to do a lot of things quickly. Even with the big motors, they were saddled with, especially as you got into their early and mid-70s, mm-hmm. they were saddled with so much pollu- smog and pollution stuff that uh, – and not, you know, not faulting them. They finally figured out a way to do that. They figured out a way to have all that stuff. And power. And the power, you know. We, we and gas mileage. And gas mileage. I mean, you look at nowadays. Yep. I got the Dually got 17.1 miles per gallon or, or diesel um, on the way back from Chattanooga because I didn't, I wasn't pulling a trailer. Oh, okay. So, but still 17 miles good. a gallon. Yeah. That's not bad. Oh, for I've rented a, trucks and think it great gas mileage. Yeah. I mean, the newer, <clears throat> this new stuff is good. And you know, I hear that f- new Ford Lightning gets really good gas mileage. <laughs> <laughs> Better than mine. Yeah. Better than mine because it has no engine. Right. It's, uh, electric, uh, uh, battery powered. Still rolling coal though. Still rolling. Oh, we're going to talk about that. 
When we return, we will talk about that and many other things here at the Classic Auto Mall Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on the web, ClassicAutoMall.com, or on YouTube and TikTok and Ding Dong and (laughs) (laughs) Instagram, all the social media, Facebook, all that stuff. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Back with the Classic Automall Podcast here in Morgantown. What are you doing this weekend? Anything fun? Uh, car show? Uh, there is no no no, no, no car no. show. A bunch last week. Uh, yeah. There was the one here, and then there was one on uh, Lincoln Cadillac uh, show on Sunday. I went to. It was yeah. really good out in uh, New Hope yeah. area of Bucks County, and uh, it's slowing down though. It's, yeah. it's a sad time of the year, and time to. Put them up for hibernation yep, as we do yep, in the yep. East Coast. Well, that's funny because, you know, this time of year is – I mean, the amount of car shows that are in this part of the world are staggering. It's unbelievable. It's just every – almost every weekend for there's sure. probably – within 100 miles of here, I bet there's 25 to 50 cars and coffees. Yep. There's car shows that are big little, you know – gigantic um and then uh, you know all the car clubs getting together you know mm-hmm. the Porsche club the Mercedes club they're always doing events around here yeah cuz the concentration around here of cars whether it be classic or special interest or whatever is is staggering as well too it's um i i just don't think you're going to find a concentration of cars like this in many places in the rest of the world and i and i reiterated that we were on uh, TikTok live going through the car show last week and th- said this is as good as we said it before, California or Florida, absolutely some amazing cars out here. And from April to October, that's our season. And now we get to rest up and fix what's broken, <laughs> yeah, fix a few little things that little nagging uh, things <laughs> turn that are signals. turn signals that are tick tock tick tock. Yeah, um, but you know what? If you like going to car shows, I got an offer for you: Classic Auto Mall, Classic Auto Mall, hundred percent. So if you're if you go to car shows and you live. A couple hundred miles from here or beyond. Down in Florida, you're in Georgia, you're in South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, blah, 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 blah. If you're interested in making a little extra living, a little extra money, yeah, we're looking for consignments. Mm-hmm. We're always looking for consignments. You can join our marketing team. Um, 
you can basically earn money by going to car shows. And a lot of guys are already going to the car shows. So it's like, hey, this is an added bonus. And we'll provide you everything you need, the business cards and brochures and flyers and paperwork and, and an iPad and mm-hmm. the video and some swag to give away and, and all that stuff. And you can be a consignment specialist for Classic Auto Mall. About that. Uh, cool thing. So if you're interested – Email me at podcast at classicautomall.com or just call us here at 888-227-0914 and we'll fill in the details. My name's Stuart. Ask for me. Right. And I'll give you the whole lowdown on how it works. But, uh, yeah, we're, our goal is to try to further broaden our reach mm-hmm. for consignments and we can't be everywhere, but we can have people everywhere. Right. And so that's what we're working on. So if you've got some interest in doing that, podcast classicautomall.com or 888-227-0914. Uh, there's a lot of motorcycles in the parking lot today. Must I guess be a the last, or no, it's the last sunny day they're going to get yeah. or warm day they're going to get. Um, you know, it was, it was funny. We were talking oh, a couple of weeks ago about all the car movies. Right. And we talked about Smoking the Bandit and we talked about, uh, um, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, the original one. So I made it a thing in my thing that it's going to be a thing that we're going to do this thing about car <laughs> recurring, movie things. Recurring segment. It's a recurring on. segment about car movies. And this week we're going to talk about Bullet. I better be- catch up. I better get some, uh, <laughs> A uh, precursor, uh, a primer. I need a primer, a primer. on what movie we're going to talk about yeah. because I don't see it. I don't remember them or I saw them and or didn't see them. Well, here's the thing. You always, there's a lot of movies that people see or don't see or they think that they saw, like Star Wars. Yeah. And then they realize, I never really, I don't think I ever saw it. I've seen so many bits and pieces of it, you know, I, the, the pop culture stuff where you see, mm-hmm. you know, something about Star Wars or something about Star Trek or yeah. something about Lord of the Rings or whatever you want to fill in the blank. And I think a lot of guys think that they've seen all these car movies and I don't think they have. Right. So, uh, Bullet. Uh, was a movie arguably described as uh, a, a movie guaranteed to put hair on your chest. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did they? they well, I don't know. Oh. I don't know Is if it your, really. Your take on it? It could be. I could have made that up, or that could be fact. You be the Toxic judge. masculinity. <laughs> yes. So uh starred Steve McQueen, Robert Vaughn, and Jacqueline Bissett. Uh, Jacqueline Bissett was in it? Yes. She was absolutely in it. She was his girl. Okay. And Steve McQueen was... Frank Bullitt, B-U-L-L-I-T-T. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank Bullitt had a, uh, a badass 1968 Mustang, GT package, 390, fastback, Highland Green, the car of all. I mean, just so cool. And the chase scene was 10 minutes and 53 seconds long. So <laughs> you got a lot of screen time. And it was in San Francisco. So okay. they were they were jumping those hills. Right. And then they got out farther out. They started, I think it started at Fisherman's Wharf. And yeah. then it, Morphed all the way into some outer road out into, to, you know, into the desert. Was he a or cop or? A... He was a detective, okay. yes. And, um, and it was, it run an, it won an Academy Award for it best did? film editing, okay. not for, you know, acting or for best picture or something like that, which it could have. Right. Um, but, uh, came out in October of 1968 and it was not only a, a, a box office hit, but it was a critical hit too. I mean, and that's not always the case. You know, Talladega Nights was probably a box office hit, but not a not critical, critical hit. Right. <laughs> the critics hated that movie. Uh-huh. And I, it's one of my guilty pleasures. It's I fun. It. I think it's a lot hilarious. of fun. Well, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is just really funny, good. just doing whatever. Yep. Old, old school may, you know, be the funniest he movie. He is funny. Really, really funny. But, um, a four million, four to five million dollar budget on this thing returned 43 million in the box office, which, you know, in the day was big, 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 big. Huge big. money. And of course, it's considered by some or a lot 
that uh, to be one of the greatest car chase scenes ever. They had originally they had uh, the the cars that were the bad guys were in was going to be galaxies, but they couldn't handle the hills oh, and, wow. the, and the jumps that they were doing. And apparently, it's funny. Some guy tried to recreate those jumps that they did off of those hills with mm-hmm. a, with a regular car yeah. and just destroyed his car. You know that's hard on a car. So they went from Ford Galaxies to two sixty eight Chargers with a four hundred and forty Magnum three hundred seventy five horsepower, which were. I guess a little bit stouter mm-hmm. in their build and more designed for a little bit more performance and that kind of thing. So, but it's funny is that there were two bullet Mustangs. One of them was, uh, built more for just, you know, stationary shots and things like that. And then the one, uh, that, that recently sold, I say recently back in, uh, January of, mm-hmm. when was that? A couple uh, years ago. Yeah. Um, in 2020, January at Kissimmee, Meekum. Um, uh, but then, but, this one had been found, or it never was lost. It was owned by a family, used it as their daily driver yeah. for a while, and they replaced like an MGB with it with a you know 390 Mustang because they liked it because it was fast, especially compared to the MG. Right, <clears throat> and um, it sold. This one sold at Meekum for 3.7 million. Still don't really know where that car went. We didn't hear much about that oh, really? afterwards. But the other one is supposedly um, still out there and being restored that they found. It was pretty much – it had been sent to the scrapyard, and then some guy supposedly found it down in Los Cabos, Mexico, or somewhere wow. down there, and uh, is in the process of restoring. Of course, that's been going on now for four years, so I don't know. It just kind of fell off the thing. But it was cool because this one that sold at Mecham, it actually was uh, introduced, if you will, or it was brought out at the – the uh, Detroit Auto Show when the new uh, 2000 in 2018 when the 2019 and 2020 Bullet Mustang they've done three mm-hmm. uh, since uh, 2001 2008 and then 2018 they yep. they built one and the Bullet Mustang's popular we just got one in uh, the other day I haven't really seen it or or looked at it much but. Uh, but anyway, um, Bullet, such an iconic car, iconic movie. Um, and, and supposedly Steven Spielberg is doing a, not a remake, but a, a, a new a original story based on the lead character. So, okay. From Frank Bullet. What a name. That's a badass. Oh, yeah. yeah the name it just lends <laughs> yeah. itself to, to badassness. Yeah, badassiness. <laughs> so, but, uh, but anyway, uh, if you haven't seen it, you think you've seen it, but you haven't. So go see it, watch it, and watch the whole movie. It's a little slow, some parts. Right. It's, they it was applauded in 1968 as realistic dialogue, which okay. which I, I don't know what that means, but I know that there are parts in these 60s, yeah, 50s movies that can be painful. Even the old Clint Eastwood movies, are some yeah, of them yeah, are just, yeah. Just scenes that just drag. They drag and drag and drag and take way longer than they yeah. would nowadays. Of course, you know. Now this is going to really make me seem old. The MTV generation. You know, the, right. the cut to a frame every two seconds. Mm-hmm. Jump cuts, we call yeah, them. Yeah, jump cuts. And, uh, yeah, that's almost too much. So, you know, there's there's that. So, But uh, but anyway, if you've not seen Bullet, uh, then go see it. And then next week we'll talk about another car movie. Okay. So this will be well, our news. Let me know thing. and I'll, I'll go. I'll <laughs> cut out some time out of the – I'll get on the clock and I'll uh, watch a movie. Yeah, you'll have That'll to watch fun. a movie on the clock. And we were, you know, <laughs> we were down when we were in Chattanooga. We were talking about something that a lot of people know nothing about. A guy named Earl Scheib. Oh my God, <laughs> the painter. The painter. Uh, I don't know how many people today know who he is, right? Or have any idea when I, when he first started in the '60s. Earl Scheib was like the Mako. Uh, of paint shops, right. and he would paint your entire car for twenty nine ninety five, mm. and that was in the sixties. Which 
I, you know, I would imagine the quality was not uh, Pebble Beach Concord Single winning. stage. Yeah. Um, maybe not even in a paint booth. Right. right. <laughs> but um, – How many spray cans is that? I don't – yeah. Rattle cans we <laughs> call them. Rattle cans. Rattle yeah, cans. Yeah. He had ended up having over 200 stores in over 40 states. Uh, died in 92 at 1985. Uh, it was 29.95 when it started, but in the 80s it ended up going up to 99.95. But I know I've got a buddy of mine who's got a 63 right. Thunderbird painted in red that was painted by Mako, yeah. which is the same thing. And I think it was like $229 about 10, 12 years mm-hmm. ago. It looks great. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, can. It depends on the care taken. And I think it also depends on if you prep it a little bit before you go. Preps everything. You know? right. So if you prep it and then you get the guy who's the new guy mm-hmm. you know he doesn't know that we don't really go we're more on on time not yeah, right. not quality quantity not quality, quality. yeah right, exactly right. it's like the uh the old widget factory you know and the new kid comes in and he makes 10 an hour and the old veteran comes around and says son we don't make 10 an hour we only make five an hour here <laughs> <laughs> oh yes sir i get it now right so that maybe has something to do with something else so. <laughs> but anyway and the other thing we were talking about which a lot of people have probably heard about and seen is mulholland drive in california yeah what a great road. You've driven that. I've driven it many times. I have too. Yeah, yeah. It's dangerous. They can be quite dangerous. It is up dangerous. There. It's it's a sheer cliff on some twenty one miles, mostly two lane. Um comes right over the Hollywood Hills. It's an amazing road with some views that I mean, every cool movie that you've ever seen that was filmed out in California that's got an iconic long shot view of, you know, downtown yep. LA or whatever, or, was the usually, or the valley was usually filmed on Mulholland Drive. And lots of guys at late night runs up there. I remember that we would leave uh, one of the clubs on the Sunset Strip mm-hmm. and go up towards there late at night and guys in their Lamborghini Countaches and Ferrari Testarossas back in the day just running the hell out. It's of a them. twisty. It's like yeah. Dragon Tail. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah. it's California's version of the Tale of the Dragon. A Tale of the Dragon. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Do you. I need to? It was, <laughs> just you need, need some coffee. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, are you drinking decaf these days? <laughs> I was. Uh, I hiked a lot, obviously, in the Santa Monica Mountains, and I was off trail below Mulholland Drive. And I have an old license plate from 1948 that was off trail, buried in some leaves. No kid. 1948, and it was completely rusted, and I primed it, so it's right. in primer. But uh, you know, it, it, how long had been there? How it's cool is that? 48. So a lot of cars went off the cliff back in the day. Yeah, I mean that was a place that you know the manufacturers would take the cars back out yeah. to, to test them out back in the day. And I remember seeing lots of that going on though with the with the Lamborghini guys and the Ferrari guys back in the day. I'd coming down the going down uh, the 101 or the 110 out towards Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And those guys late at night, 3 or 4 o'clock in oh, the morning, yeah. bonsai runs and their Porsche turbos and, and the Countaches and right. all those guys. Because, you know, you couldn't drive them during the day like right. that because there was bumper-to-bumper traffic. L.A. is the only t- place in America that at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning it's bumper-to-bumper traffic. It's like, where, <laughs> that's for and sure. You know what? I don't understand is where is all this traffic coming from if nobody's working, everybody's working from home. Yeah, that's crazy. And not working or whatever. I don't know. San Francisco's no better, by the way. Coming up 81 uh, last week was a nightmare. About every 20 miles really? it would just be dead stopped for no reason. Yeah. So that doesn't give you road rage. I don't know what does. And I don't have road rage. Yes, I do. Ask my wife. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's about all the time we got today. Yep. Uh, but next week we might have a guest on. So I'm, I'm really going to work on that okay. and see if we can get somebody else to chit chat with. All right. And we'll talk about the uh, movie of the, of the week. And uh, I think we should have homework and then people tell us their favorite part about the movie and we'll give them some. So Good idea. Be thinking about that, yep, Steve. Absolutely. Uh, and when we return, uh, we won't return. We'll return next week. That's it. Uh, so we'll see you next time and uh, thanks for listening.
We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're open from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.